Hello guys, and this is episode 9 of the Whips Nation podcast. I'm your host Alex, and our guest today is Whip Snakes LSM and two-time PLL champion Mike Earhart. Mike tells us about his time at Chaminade, playing at Maryland, and getting ready for the new season. It's going to be a good one, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the video. One. Hey everybody, this is Alex with the Whip Station Podcast. Mike Earhart here. How you doing? Hey, how are you? Thanks doing for having me. Of course. Yeah. Pleasure <laughs> to have you on. Um, so you mentioned a little bit uh, before the podcast started that um, you're in real estate. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I, I work full-time job in, mm-hmm. uh, in the commercial real estate uh, in New York City and uh, I work on the title insurance side of the uh, of the industry. So um, work with a ton of developers, owner operators, uh, lenders, attorneys, brokers, pretty much everyone uh, up and down the stack. So it's uh, definitely a great business out. Uh, a lot of relationships, uh, a lot of lacrosse guys in the industry. So it's great, great to connect with, with younger and older guys and uh, everyone who enjoys the sport. So it's it, it's definitely an added bonus being in this industry. So so what's your take on the current market and the lack of just available inventory <laughs> kind of like countrywide right now? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of money out there right now. Um, and a lot of guys just waiting to deploy it. So uh, you're seeing uh, the multifamily sector really stayed strong during um, during COVID and, and obviously industrial uh, was a really hot one. Um, but yeah, you're, you're starting to see, especially in New York City, offices starting to bounce back. People are returning to the offices. Um, deals are starting to get done. Um, so yeah, a lot of the foreign money's coming coming back into the states uh, with the current uh, political map. And uh, yeah, so it, it's it's definitely good. Hopefully uh, we rebound, but I, I still think there's going to be some uh, some ups and downs, and uh, that people are going to have to navigate uh, the the next. 12 to 18 months still uh, due to COVID. Uh, but yeah, no, it's really excited. Uh, looks like the market's bouncing back a little bit. So we'll see what happens. Definitely. I mean, did you always <laughs> want to get into real estate, like even from in high school or college? Like when did you realize that you wanted to get into real estate? Uh, <clears throat> and honestly, it was just an opportunity that came uh, after college uh, with a family friend that said, hey, come, come work for me and see if you like it or not. And uh, I've been there ever since. Wow. Um, but in college, I, I interned for two summers um, on a on a bonds trading platform. Um, so I got a little taste of, of that that side of the uh, of the business and Wall Street, and uh, decided that really wasn't the route I wanted to go. And um, obviously, when this opportunity came about, I jumped on it, kind of learned the ins and outs, and um, definitely, I mean, I, I love real estate, so it's it's learning something new every day, which is which is great. So what did you want to do uh, when you were in high school for a career? Uh, probably something in finance. Okay. Uh, I mean, obviously, obviously going to Chaminade, that's, that's where a lot of the, the alumni go. And um, obviously nowadays, from when I was in high school, every day a lot turned more entrepreneurship. So you got a lot of guys that are going out doing their own thing. And um, it's... I mean, I was in high school a long, not a long time ago, but definitely, definitely over a decade ago. And it's uh, a lot has changed since then. And um, it, it's definitely, uh, definitely a lot of interesting stuff out there with technology uh, involved with, with the market. So 
um, yeah, no, excited, excited to kind of see where the, the next decade goes. Yeah, seriously. I mean, we're both <laughs> 90s kids. Um, what's one thing that, you know, you and I would, you know, totally understand that, you know, uh, current kids nowadays just like literally could not comprehend. You know, I'll give you an example, like, you know, Blockbuster, CDs, just having patience generally, uh, asking to borrow your parents' phone, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I just, just technology just blows me away. It's something new. I mean, it's, I usually have the same iPhone until my battery dies um, <laughs> and it's, and then I get another one. I'm not, not a huge tech guy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and all these social media trends too, obviously being part of the PLL, it's uh, social media is a, um, a huge asset for us and uh, it's a great way to reach our fans and um, but yeah some of these trends and obviously TikTok and all this stuff it's all all new to me um, the last six eight months but it's uh, yeah no it's 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 a great way to connect with the fans and um, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head uh, back no in worries. the 90s but I mean maybe just going outside to play with your friends. It's, I feel yeah. like that's, that's, that's lost in today's, uh, today's world. Um, kids are just behind their phones, playing video games, hanging inside. So just miss the old days where yeah. you head up to the park after school or yep. you're out at a friend's house playing in the backyard and, uh, and coming home dirty for dinner. So that's, it's definitely, uh, definitely something I think that's lost out there these days. Right. Cause I mean, we never had phones. So like when we're at the park, we got to just, you know, hey, mister, you know, what time is it? Because, you know, you know uh, what time you got to get home by kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. So talk to me about your time in Chaminade. So their uh, their motto was be the best. The saying that you had in Maryland, uh, talk me uh, through like what the culture was like at Chaminade and playing for their lacrosse team. Yeah. So obviously Chaminade's a historic program and uh, um, it's it was Coming from a really small town on Long Island, actually, where my town is one of the one of the only towns on Long Island that didn't have lacrosse growing up, so I had to go play in neighboring uh, in the neighboring town next to us and uh, in the Mineola PAL program there, and it was uh, that's kind of where I got started. My cousins introduced me to the game, and um, I had a short stick in my hand until ninth grade when I got the Chaminade and um, converted me over to play close defense. Uh, obviously, they saw that the height and uh, the size of me and thought it'd be a good switch and I was definitely a little hesitant at first um, yeah. but if I uh, it was my best best chance to see the field and and they thought I'd have a ton of success with it and luckily they were right and, yep. uh, <laughs> and, and, it, and it ended up being uh, a good choice um, but yeah it definitely was a, a little bit of a learning curve but I definitely credit my basketball background uh, for helping me pick up the uh, pick up the position um, a lot of a lot of the movements and terminology and basketball translates to defense and lacrosse. And, um, and that's something I've been a big proponent of my entire entire career. And uh, especially when I'm talking to younger kids is just going out to play multiple sports. And yep. especially for, for young defenders, basketball is definitely one of the one of the best sports you can play to, to kind of work on that footwork, understand pick play, um, working as a team, just guarding the hoop. and. Um, it's it's a sport I still play to this day, and uh, we play in the city as ton of lacrosse guys that get together, and um, we play pickup hoops. And the weather's obviously nice, and um, but yeah, no, Chaminade definitely uh, definitely taught me a lot of life lessons, and, and kind of helped me to to be in the position I am today. Um, and it was great. You have legendary coach Jack Moran, who's been yep. there for for decades, and. Um, 
so my my recruitment process uh to to maryland uh definitely was was aided by coach moran too his son uh ryan moran who's now the head coach at umbc um during my recruitment process he was at he was the navy assistant coach um and he had the uh it was actually andy copeland Actually, yeah, it was, it was Andy Copeland who was at who was at Maryland. He was the offensive coordinator. He had left to go take the Fairfield head coach job, um, and then that's when Ryan Moran was hired as the assistant coach, and, and that's where kind of my my recruitment picked up uh, at Maryland. And you obviously had Coach Slokowski, who probably not a lot of guys remember, but he's a legendary defensive coach at Maryland, and, uh, and Coach Cottle. So went on a bunch of visits down there, and. Um, Obviously, the the family connection with Chaminade too was yeah. was something nice, and uh, you always get the the be the best motto that the Navy guys had, and obviously Maryland it's been yep. been instilled there for years, and, and same thing with Chaminade. So um, it definitely definitely helped, and uh, it was really exciting to uh, to be able to head down there and, and play for another Moran, and he was there all four years. I was there. We had we had some ups and downs, but a lot of success during my four years, and. Uh, yeah, I mean that's definitely a credit to my my time at Shalvinov. Did you uh, do you catch the uh, Maryland Notre Dame game over the weekend? Oh yeah, man, that was probably the most stressed I've been. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, de- it's definitely a lot harder watching those yeah. games than playing in them. Um, I mean, we, we were talking about it in our in our little group chat with with some of the Maryland guys and Whipsnake guys, and we were like, hey, like. I got more anxiety and, and stressed out and, and that whole that whole game just sitting on the couch watching. I mean, I, I'd rather be playing a game like that, but it's uh, it's definitely a lot harder watching. So I'm uh, oh. I'm definitely going to be doomed when I retire at some point. So we'll see. Yeah, it was it was super tough to watch as a fan. I mean, the game, I think they ended up tying the score like seven to seven or nine times or something like that throughout the whole thing, just back and forth, back and forth. Super crazy. Um, I was happy with the result. I had Maryland winning. I still have Maryland winning everything actually in my bracket. So, you know, good. Shout out to the way it should be. That's right. There we go. So, um, yeah, they got a tough challenge uh, this weekend with Duke. Uh, did you have the chance to watch uh, Nick Grow play? Um, and did you, uh, what were your impressions of watching him play leading up to training camp? Cause he's not, obviously not going to be there. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've watched pretty much every single Maryland game this year. Um, it's, it's like, uh, it's like a religion. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's something that, uh, you worship on the weekends when they play and it's something you look forward to. You have it on the calendar and stop what you're doing and, and watch it. So, um, obviously very, very close to the program still. And, uh, to Coach Tillman and one of my best friends, uh, Jesse Bernard, is the defensive mm-hmm. coach. So um, he's like a brother to me, and so I definitely talk to those guys every week. And really excited that we were able to pick up Nick Grill um, late in the draft. There, I'm really surprised he fell that far. Yeah, um, but he's he's going to be great adding depth to our uh, defensive group. And uh, we had another great great pull out of Colin Squires out of Denver, who had a. Uh, a very great career and kind of underrated career but yeah. we're going to expect those guys to, to kind of come in and add depth to the lineup and help out where they can so he took care of uh pat Cavanaugh. i don't think he scored um anytime nick real was playing on ball um who uh is like the whips current like shutdown defenseman down low uh i mean we got three great cover guys yeah but i mean i would say 
you got Matt, Matt Dunn's one of the, the world's premier cover guy right now. Um, I mean, he's he's the best guy in the world, I, I personally think. But uh, I think we'd all say uh, I think Jared Bernhardt might be uh, a little tough to cover these days. So um, it's you know glad glad he's not going against us, and he, he's part of our family. But he. Uh, I mean, he's, he's freaking good. So it's, yeah. uh, I think that's one guy I don't think anyone would want to cover. No, and the thing that's weird about watching him play is he makes it look pretty easy. Like, it doesn't look like he's, like, really stressing himself out, dodging against these guys. Um, he seems to just get topside at will. Um, yeah. He's pretty smooth. He is a very smooth player. So so if you're guarding, if you're guarding him, what are you, uh, what are you doing on that matchup? I mean, you just got to force him one way and expect yeah. some help. I mean, it's his change of directions. He, he could change it on the dime and um, he's he's moving. I mean, his first few steps are, I mean, you got to, you can't be standing flat footed when you're covering him. You got to have those those feet moving, but he's, uh, I'm glad he's on our side and uh, we're not going against him. True. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully his NFL thing works out or else, you know, you're going to be going up against him uh, in the PLL, which would be... <laughs> There's a, there's a reason why uh, we didn't pick him earlier, but we'll, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll let the football stuff play out and yeah. uh, we'll see what happens in a few years. Yeah. Um, so you're obviously still very connected to Maryland, holds a deep place in your heart. Um, your first tattoo was a Maryland, uh, a Maryland Turpin. And um, I have to ask, have you had any tattoos since and would you consider getting a whip snakes tattoo? Uh, it, it will probably be my first and, and only um so it's uh it was something some of the guys did after they graduated and obviously would have loved to put a crown on it during my four years but it's uh it's something near and dear to my heart and um honestly when you you look down see it's there it's kind of just a reminder of where you came from and <clears throat> like who you are as a person and it, it's definitely uh it's definitely something uh it's definitely more of a gift to myself uh than anything but it's uh yeah, I mean, obviously, Maryland is uh, is a special place to me, and um, something uh, somewhere will always be near and dear. Definitely. Um, now, kind of switching gears back to PLL stuff. Um, you obviously are a huge two point <laughs> threat, um, and kind of stretch the field out there, especially in transition, and make you know defensemen come up and cover you early. Do you see the two point line as something that they should implement? you know, in college, high school, and just tear it down from 15 yards down to, you know, whatever uh, they think's appropriate. What are your opinions on that? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I go back and forth all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think the college game, I mean, obviously everyone has their opinion. I think it is in a good place. Um, I mean, I could see the shot clock being maybe lowered at what it's at 80 seconds now. I mean, yeah. people have said 60. Um, I kind of like it how it is. Uh, I think yeah. 80 seconds is perfect, and um, the little tinker to the face-off is is good. Um, I mean, I, I haven't watched too many other games. Um, obviously, you kind of have some of the same guys that are still dominating. I think they'll dominate regardless, but it's, right. uh, you know, whatever you can do. I, th I think the PLL has done a great job of really um, – revolutionizing the, the face off and mm -hmm. um obviously some guys still dominate more than others but it's uh it's definitely more of a 50 50 ground balls than instead of these guys just pinching and popping and going forward to themselves all the time um obviously the with the pll you have 10 yards taken out in the middle of the field um 
Me personally, like, I, I don't mind it. It's a little less running, but yeah. it's also, uh, it definitely hurts. I think I think it definitely hurts some players. Um, guys that like to operate in more open space, and th there's just not as much space. So I think that's definitely a benefit for the defense. And I think that's why the first couple of years you saw the low scoring games yeah. where defense can be compacted. And uh, I mean, for me, I take five, six steps. I'm already on top of the two point arc when I'm, I'm clearing from the other side. and. Obviously, you saw that in the first year, and some guys got their head taken off um, at the midfield line, and a couple guys uh, have to have their head on a swivel. Um, but yeah, it's definitely you know it's it's, it's unique change to the game. But I, I personally wouldn't change the college rules right now. I I, I kind of like them how they are. So here's my argument for um, adding the two point arc to the different levels of lacrosse to kind of unify the rules a little bit. A, it looks better to have just all the rules the same, so you're not explain to you know your uncle who doesn't watch lacrosse why the pros have a two-point arc and then none of the other ones do um reason two is i think it adds tension to like closer games so like in that maryland game let's say that maryland goes up um two and you know there's 10 seconds left notre dame's been winning the face off with 10 seconds you can bring it down shoot a two-pointer and tie the game while with the current rule set the game's pretty much over and there's no tension yeah, no, I mean, I, def I definitely see that. Um, I would say that I, I agree with a smaller field on the uh, for the younger kids. I mean, I don't think younger kids should be playing on a bigger field to at least middle school. I mean, it's ridiculous. You have these yeah. little kids running around. Um, it's not the best way to learn lacrosse. And um, it's that that's one thing. And I, I just I don't agree with the two-point arc in, in high school, at least. I mean, I get the excitement and, and right. unifying the, yep. the rules and everything, but um, I I just don't, I mean, I, who knows? I, I'm not that involved with the, with yeah. the college rules right. and stuff, but I uh, I don't know if I'd like it um, in, the, in the college sport. And I mean, I might be asking a lot of the grounds crews and sure. certain fields being able to put those lines in. So it's a little more to ask for. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely get the, the excitement around it. And um, but I mean, it's great for the for the professional game. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the only really rule change I'd love to see is just the, the younger younger kids playing on a smaller field. Um, yeah. It's it's way too much running up and down. They should be really focusing on their offense, defense, stick work, passing the ball around. And um, so that's that's definitely one thing I'd love to see changed. No, I, I, I'm in agreement with that. Um, do you think the same you have the same opinions about the shot clock? Just because I, I can see a lot of, you know, operational things that would be tough to have a shot clock in high school as well. Although I would enjoy a higher pace, I can understand, you know, the the difficulties of trying to set that up. Well, yeah, I mean, you see the MIA, they they adopted the shot clock and it's, it's definitely an operational thing. And yeah. it's unfortunate that um, as much as the sport has grown, it takes money to, to invest in the sport. And obviously, as we get bigger, hopefully more sponsorships more money uh yeah. from endowments or more money from the counties and uh the, the public school system pours into the sport but i mean it's it's an expensive sport and that's something that we're still battling and um the um <clears throat> the equality and getting everyone involved and, and i mean that's something that it's tough i mean I, I work with a lot of the inner city programs here uh in new york city and it's 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 crazy. I mean, it just shows how pr privileged we were growing up being able to play the sport on Long Island. And when you go to work with some of these these programs, it's 
I mean, they're they're playing with old equipment and um, it might not be the safest equipment, but they, they love the game and want to get out there. So right. um, for me, it's it's that much more enjoyable going out to work with those guys because they, they want to play these games. And, and that's probably my biggest thing with kids in the rich area of, not saying like rich wealthy wise, but rich where the lacrosse density is, is huge. I mean, Long Island, Maryland, Philly. I mean, you, you have lacrosse everywhere. Right. Um, you go to some of these areas that don't really have it and it's new to them. They're, they're, they're so, um, they're so happy just to be out there playing. Yeah. And, and when we show up they're they're more excited. Um, and you kind of, when you go to Long Island, it's nothing against those guys. Like they could care less if we're there. I mean, they're, they're playing the sports so much. And that's why I enjoy working with those groups and, um, and, and kind of the, the underprivileged areas. And I'd rather spend my time with those guys than, than in certain other, other certain areas. So. No, I'm a, I'm in a hundred percent agreement. And that's what I think is so good about the PLL's touring model is when they're able to come out to the West coast and see some of these, um, states and areas that don't have, you know, hotbed, uh, hotbeds for lacrosse are able to bring out a ton of you know new fans and hopefully new eyes to the sport um what stops are you excited for uh this year for the locations that were announced yeah i mean obviously hofster's right in right in my backyard yeah. so i mean that's it's fourth of july weekend and it's gonna be a hot one on Sunday for us. We were smack in the middle of the afternoon, but uh, I mean that that venue is awesome. I mean it's I, I think that's where the quarter should be every year. And yeah. um, we I was actually over there with uh, with Rob Pinnell on uh, on Saturday watching those quarters. So um, we had a great setup there watching that. And it was fun fun to kind of see live lacrosse again. Um, but yeah, I mean I got. I got a bunch of family up in uh, <clears throat> up in New England that's coming to the first weekend, so that's that's really nice. a really exciting place to go play. And um, I mean, obviously, low going down to Baltimore. You know, you get kind of get the home crowd behind us with with a lot of us being from Maryland and guys who just grew up in Baltimore uh, being in town there. So um, I think what else? What other road stops we got? Um, I mean, Minnesota is definitely going to be a pretty, pretty unique uh, opportunity going up right. there. I mean, it's one of the newer stadiums. Um, you're seeing some really good kids in college coming out of Minnesota, and yeah. I mean, that's the, that's a great thing. Like you said about the PLL, just going to all these different cities and um, going to some of these these new places where lacrosse is just blowing up, and, and it's getting really, really good players from those from those areas. So, um, obviously. I, it's great going to the, some of the big cities and the well-known ones, but it, it's also nice going to some of these smaller ones where, uh, where we're helping grow the sport. Definitely. <clears throat> um, so this week, actually this Friday, you guys are all headed off to training camp um, in uh, New England. Um, are you pretty excited for that? Like, what's your mindset going into camp for your third yeah. year in the PLL? Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's third year in the PLL. And it's, it's my eighth or eighth year in professional lacrosse so um obviously uh it's very exciting and uh i am i guess i'm the second or third oldest on the team now which is which is crazy so um uh, definitely uh one of the veterans and we got a great group of guys though so great great mix of guys i mean we, we call them our guys our guys that we want in the locker room and um obviously we've kind of have the ability <clears throat> with the roster that we started with 
to kind of handpick the group of guys that we think would be best fit for our locker room. And uh, Coach Staggs and the coaching staff has done a great job putting together this team and, and maintaining this team. Obviously, we lost some very key pieces um, the first year, and, and we lost some key pieces this year too, uh, with Tuttle and, and Stover. But I, I think we got better overall. We added depth, and um, I mean, it's it's exciting times. You know, playing five games on TV, we're on Peacock, um, and it's gonna have some big sponsors that that will be there, and most importantly, uh, the fans get to uh, get to gamble on the game. So that's right. Um, it, it's definitely adds another uh, element to it. I mean, I mean that part's not that hard. You just have to bet the house on the whips, right? <laughs> I think it was the uh, you just take the money line, and uh, you would have won a lot of money last summer. But I can't really talk too much on it, so it's uh, it's something that we go through and uh, sure. integrity classes. But it's right. uh, it's definitely an interesting part of the the uh, the model now. Definitely. I mean, so among your field practices, like what else goes into the PLL training camp? I know that there's some element of, you know, social media stuff that you guys have to go through. Uh, use that integrity training for sports betting. What else do you guys do when you're there? Yeah, I mean, even though a lot of us are, are vaccinated now, it's mm -hmm. it's obviously COVID's a huge, huge concern still and something that we got to be aware of and not let our guard down. So that's something that I mean, we is really stressed and it's going to be important in training camp and maintaining to the the protocol and the guidelines that they put in place for us. And um, obviously, we got we got some social media training, some social media stuff that kind of get ready for the year that they'll kind of use um, headshots I and mean, all that stuff. And then uh, I mean, you have some meetings with with the heads of the league and obviously inform us of any news and rules changes or, or whatever it is, um, kind of what they expect for this season. And then we kind of just roll right into it. When we start our practices, got a, got a scrimmage or two. And then uh, our last night, I guess is Wednesday, we're off Thursday, pregame Friday, and we got game day on, on Saturday. So um, it's going to go by quick and I'm sure people are going to be pretty sore by the time that, that first weekend comes with, with training camp. But uh yeah, it's, it's definitely different than last year. Um, the type of, I mean, obviously you want to go in the best shape as possible, but um, it's definitely a little bit different uh, than what we went into the bubble with last year. Definitely. Um, how's the food in training camp? Uh, so, so usually, uh, I mean, obviously it's different in the bubble. We right. there's a cafeteria in the bubble there, but um, yeah, Superfoods is awesome. I mean, they, they're a great partner of ours and uh, they're down in DC. So those guys, I'm, I'm assuming those guys are coming back. Um, but yeah, they, they usually make our meals. They got guys in all the cities we go to that, that cook up the meals for us and they're all healthy. Um, and uh, the only complaint, the portion size could be a little bit bigger, but uh, we'll, we'll take it. It's always delicious. And what we need to fuel ourselves up uh, either post-practice, before the game, um, post-game too. So they, they do a great job. So Nice. And so right after this podcast, you're hopping on a defensive call with some of the other Whipsnakes guys. How, uh, how are you looking forward to seeing everybody in person and not just on a computer screen? Yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah. great. I mean, obviously, I got I got Timmy Muller who lives uh, around the block from me in the city. So he, he's back in the city. Um, so I got to, he's, a, he's my workout partner usually. And, uh, oh, nice. We, uh, there's a couple other guys too. I got to see in person, just uh, we've been going up to Connecticut to work out the last couple months. And uh, John Ranigan and Connor Kelly, um, another Maryland guy, and Hopkins guy. 
uh, and Rannigan. But yeah, no, we, we had a good crew and um, we played a little scrimmage a couple of weeks ago with some guys. So got to see some faces there and um, Brad Smith's in the city too. He's around the block. So I get to see him a ton. Um, nice. So yeah, no, it's definitely, definitely a good crew. Awesome. How's uh, Brad Stash looking? Oh, it's phenomenal right now. It's uh, it's 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 pretty uh, pretty interesting. So we'll see if he's trimmed it up for camp, but I think he's just gonna let it go. Nice. Yeah. Why? Uh, you know, why why cut it if it's working, right? Exactly. That's right. So congratulations on being the newest Warrior athlete. Um, Thank you. My uh, my first my first lacrosse shaft ever was a Warrior Cryptolite way back in the day, um, and I always like idolize those uh the kids that had the uh, warrior regulators way back in the day you remember those yep yep yeah those were sick those are sick yeah no i mean it, it's definitely uh definitely a great great new partnership and yep. i'm glad to be part of the, the new balance warrior family and uh it's something that uh i mean sdx was great and um i, I had a great time with those guys the last two years and uh when this opportunity came about it's too hard to pass down so uh, or pass up so it was um it was a no-brainer for me and those guys have been great ever since i've been on board and really helped them to grow the brand and, and kind of help me out with whatever i need so um really excited for the next three years with them awesome so um we're running a little low on time so i'm gonna uh, let you go to get to your uh, to your meeting but before you go uh what's one thing that you know the fans myself any of us can do uh, to, you know, help grow the game of lacrosse in like our areas? Uh, just, just get out there and play. And uh, I mean, it's the biggest thing too. It's like any, any old equipment I have, it's, uh, I just pass it on. And it's, uh, you want to get the stick in as many, many kids' hands as possible, whether it's, it's boys or girls. And uh, I mean, lacrosse is, I mean, it's, it's taken me all over the world. And yeah. Uh, it's introduced me to many, many people that I never thought I'd ever meet. So um, it's it's a great sport. I'll continue to be an ambassador of it, uh, even when I'm done playing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's if you got some old gear lying around, share the wealth, spread it out, get get it into some some new people's hands, and uh, and just go share share the, uh, the lacrosse knowledge out there. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's it's a great sport and. Hopefully, we continue to grow, and it, it gets up into the uh, it gets up into like the soccer numbers, where it's it's well known around the entire world. And um, obviously, you still continue to go down south in, in, in the U.S. And some people just have no clue what it is. So yeah. it's really the exposure of getting the women's game and then the men's game on TV more. And um, obviously, the social media channels definitely help. And Hopefully, some of these other new new media, uh, the news media outlets, uh, kind of pick up the uh, reporting of it too. So, uh, never hurts. So, hopefully, it's all good publicity. Obviously, there's some bad sometimes, but uh, that that's life. So, it's yep. uh, all all good stuff. All good stuff. Lacrosse has a bright future. Um, thank you so much, Mike, for hopping on this podcast. I really do appreciate it. Where can people find you on socials? Uh, it's Mike underscore Earhart 28. Um, so, uh, usually, uh, usually on social media, you know, I check it a couple times a day and not on it a ton, yep. but it's, uh, need anything on there. Perfect. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Alex.